You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And now that heart is beating fast, and that's the rhythm I can dance to. I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to, that one big heart that's beating fast. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out all trouble and drum. Beat out old trouble and drum. Beat out old trouble and drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick old trouble out the door, kick him 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 out the door. Welcome to Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming live. On 3cr.org.au, the program is podcast. You'll be able to access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscan. I'm hosting the program. Kelly Whitworth has been promoted to the world's greatest producer, is here. And we have a, a guest. We do indeed. Yes, a free CR icon. That's right. <laughs> Marisol Salinas. Now, Marisol, did I butcher your name? Hello, Marisol, did I butcher your name there? Yep. I did. You pronounce it for us. No, no, you did well, Marisol Salinas. Ah, it's the Latin background, you know that. Italian, (laughs) Spaniards, there's not much difference, is there? Yeah, good pronunciation, really good. Oh, thank you. Look, we've got you on the show because the... uh, 50th anniversary of the uh, Chilean coup d'etat is uh, almost upon us on the 11th of September and the Chilean community is having a number of events and as you are part of one of the Spanish programs here on Community Radio 3CR we felt it was appropriate we spoke to you. So which program do you do? Um, it's Latin American Women on Thursday from 7 until 8pm Every Thursday. Every Thursday. How long have you been doing that for? Oof. Um, 20, 20... Let's see, my son. It was <laughs> probably 27 years. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 I know, it's a long time. Yeah, yeah. not as long as me, but that, that's all right. That's okay, you'll get in there. <laughs> now, you're the team that's that got that beautiful fridge magnet, is that right? <laughs> how did you, you organise that? A 3CR fridge magnet with all the crew on it. No. <laughs> it's not you. That's another pro, another Spanish program, is it? It could be another one. <laughs> ah, I've got it wrong. Kelly's telling me I've got it wrong as usual. So, <laughs> ha, ha, look, I shouldn't ask you this, but I'm going to. What, what year were you born? Me, it was in 1971. And uh, that's exactly 52 years ago. So where were you born? 
in Chile, in the south of Chile. I'm an indigenous. Right. Mapuche from Chile, right. from an island called Chiloé. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some... All right. So you're one of the First Nations people in Chile, is that correct? That's correct. We are the biggest. We are 10% of the Chilean population at the moment. 10%. So are First Nations people uh, in Chile, because obviously most of us don't know anything about the First Nations people in Chile, um, are they homogeneous groups or are they different uh, uh, sovereign uh, groups like in Australia? Yeah, we have, but the Mapuche people, we are 10%, we speak the same language, that is not Spanish, mm-hmm. Mapudungun, and we have the same um, dream time, spirituality, and we relate to the land in the same way. Mm-hmm. And But we have other brothers and sisters who are in the border with Peru and Bolivia, who are from other tribes. Right. More, more, you know, when they divide the countries, mm-hmm. Those brothers and sisters who were from Peru and Bolivia, they end up in the Chilean side. You know, yes. the Aymara, you yes. know, that, yes, so that's why they are in both countries. And the same with my people. Mm-hmm. We are from the south, and when they divide Chile and Argentina, half of my people end up in Argentina, and the other half we are in Chile. Side. Mm-hmm. And you actually have uh, relatives in the Argentinian yeah, side? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do have in Neuquen, in Argentina, and uncles and aunties. Mm. So what's it like crossing the border? Is there much trouble in terms of crossing the border for uh, First Nations Um, people, you know, from the same background? Not really. If if it's the property, if it's a private property, Mm. no problem at all, because you cross to your own family's properties from one side to another. So you're telling me there are properties that are divided... A family property that is divided by an artificial line, which was drawn by a conquistador. Yeah, there is some property. Ah. Yeah, that was divided. And how about if you got to cross the border? Do you need a passport or? Yes, you do. From all the other areas, you can go through bus or aeroplane. If you go through bus, you just need to show your ID. You know, like your driver license, mm-hmm. and you can cross. They will check what you are carrying, you know, to go to the other country. It depends the country regulations about what you can move from Chile to Argentina and the, the same from Argentina back to Chile. Right. But it's a, it's a it's an easy thing. A lot of people, that's what they do, you know. They, they do it once or twice a week. Right. Mm. Now, when you talk about a um, culturally, um, were the First Nations people... Um, assimilated into the, the Spanish cultural tradition or have you kept your own traditions? No, you see, my people, the Mapuche people, uh, we were never conquest. So the Spanish crown, you know, with the difference with all the other indigenous communities in, in Latin America, right. in the South and Central, mm-hmm. in general, they were conquest. Mm-hmm. But the Mapuche people, we were the only one the Spanish crowd couldn't conquest, so they make a treaty with us right. in the 1800s. And so we were allowed to leave. You know, they divide our territory, and they said from Bio Bio River to the south, it was Mapuche indigenous land, and from the Bio Bio River to the other area to the north, it was, Ch- it was a Spanish crowd mm-hmm. called Chile. But it was the descendants of the Spanish mix, you know, with my own people. Yes. And they became Chileans. 
the ones invade us for the second time and they didn't recognize the treaty. And since then, we have what we call the conflict right. between my people and the whoever is in the government, Chilean mm-hmm. government, because, mm-hmm. yeah, because every time they are trying to take more land from our territories, we're still on some part of the land, mm-hmm. but we are not recognized in the Chilean constitution. So in, if you read the Chilean constitution, it looks like there is no indigenous people at all in Chile. Yeah, it's great. all Chileans. Yeah, it's just like mm. the Australian constitution. Wonderful document. And, yeah. Wonderful exactly. document. Mm. And when they talk about us, for example, they uh, you learn in primary school about my people, but like we are no longer alive. Yeah, we are the descent. We are the ancestors. Right. Of the Chilean people, mm-hmm. you know, but we are there. <laughs> oh, yes. We're alive, yeah. <laughs> but Perfect. we don't exist, really. Right. So how long um, did you live in Chile before you uh, left? Uh, um, close to 23 years. 23 years. So you left long after the uh, coup d'etat, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, we were badly affected, some families and people, by the coup d'etat, and that forced to make decisions, yeah, by them. So how, 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 how were the First Nations people affected? How were your, your people affected and what drove... The, the same like the Chilean. The, yeah. the, the, the dictator, he didn't respect nothing. So mm. he, the same way he treated Chileans who were against the regime, mm. he treated indigenous. So he took our land, a lot of part of our land in the middle of the south, it was taken from us. My people was displaced. And, you know, foreign people, you know, from Germany, from yes. Poland, they came into our territory because he used the same technique, yeah? No. This is a, a um, how you said, when there is just animals in the area. Yes, it's a terra terranalius. Terranalius. Yeah, uh, yeah he, tried, he used something similar. Mm. And he led foreign people to come and move into our territory, plus multinational Corporations, you know, we have a lot of forestry in our territory, a lot of hydroelectric companies. So, yeah, he did that. That was a dictator. Right. Who, mm. were, were the Mapuche, can I pronounce it? Mapuche. Mapuche. Were the Mapuche yes. uh, great supporters of the Allende government or they weren't that uh, interested? Yeah, we did. We mm. had a lot of uh, Mapuche. By that time, a lot of Mapuche who were more close to where the Chilean people live, mm-hmm. they were working, you know, because we couldn't we, we couldn't survive working our land. This is a more long story, yes? Mm-hmm. No, no, we look, we got, we got tons of time. <laughs> That's the beauty of this program. You get 56 minutes, no ads, no community <laughs> announcement, just me interrupting you, all right? <laughs> yeah, all right. So when we were dispossessed of the majority of our land, our territory, we were given a small piece of land by the Chilean government in those days mm-hmm. called like a reservation. Yes. yes. And in that reservation, you know, they took most of our land and they said, okay, if they count how many we were in each family, mm-hmm. and according to that, it was the land they were allowing us to live in. Without a title, they didn't want to give us a property title. They just put a uh, the communities in our in those settlements by them, mm-hmm. so they, we we didn't have a way to work the land or live from the land. 
that was, you know, I'm talking about my great-grandparents. Yes. So they work mm-hmm. for the white people mm-hmm. in the area, mm-hmm. as, um, in, the, in, in the countryside. The, the Mapuche became the hard labor right. for white people and foreign people. Mm-hmm. So when uh, Allende came in power, of course, he gave most of our land back to peasants and also indigenous people. Right. He made the agrarian reform that we were very grateful about that. But soon as the dictator came into uh, in government, he came and took everything back from us and that's when the persecution jail the disappearing star with inside our communities also Mm -hmm. especially those mapuche who during agenda they became a member of a political party you know yes like socialist party Mm -hmm. or communist party yeah so we we had the same treatment i will say more invisible because as indigenous you don't see many names of indigenous who were tortured, disappeared, you know, because that's unfortunately that type of history repeats itself. And sometimes our your compañeros, comrades, you know, mm, who also yes. grow up with that mentality and they forget about us. Also. Right, right. Mm. So, how difficult has it been to retain your language and? When you go to school, when you went to school, did you actually speak any Spanish or because obviously it's not your first language? No, at the beginning. No, at the beginning. Mm. uh, We were, um, we used to have, we call it traditional schools where you learn your own language and our culture and beliefs and all that. Mm -hmm. But there, there, there was not really a law, but they re, they enforced or mandate, you know, for indigenous to go into the Chilean school mm-hmm. to learn, and that the language we should speak was Spanish, that we could speak Mapurungun in our homes with our grandparents, uncles. So basically, they there was a prohibition, that's what you said. Mm-hmm. They, they, they didn't allow us to speak our language. And I remember that some Chilean people, when they were, they could hear us, you know, speaking our language. They go, shh. They were like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they were like, oh, you shouldn't speak that. You no. need to speak Spanish, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah we, 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 we were had, confronted. We had the same here in Australia, as you mm. know. So what, how, obviously, did you go to university? Yeah, here I went to university. Here, how about in, in Chile? I did uh, just... Um, yeah, I didn't finish. Right. Uh, what, were you, what, 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 what topics did you do in uh, what were you doing at the uh, in university in Chile? In Chile, it was um, I managed to do a little bit of um, psychology, mm-hmm. but it was more um, in, for, in mathematics. I'm pretty good with mathematics. Ah, it's good. It's good yeah. to speak to somebody who's good with mathematics because I'm terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll get you to do my tax return, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's good. Oh, yeah. So, say so what? You were born with a talent for figures, were you? Hmm? You were born with a talent for figures too, because it is yeah, a talent. Yeah, it is a talent. Really good for math. Really good for physics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to love it so much. Why? 
We all hated it. I don't know. It was so easy for me. <laughs> easy. It was so easy. So easy more than to learn Spanish or uh-huh. history, things like that. It was hard for me to focus, to read. I, I, I used to get bored. I was in the first page and I was like, what the hell? What I just read? Right. I didn't remember. Uh-huh. It was so difficult. But math, I just, I don't know. My brain started working and yeah. I started doing it and it was easy. I think it was, that was the reason. It was very easy. Well, I think maybe because one reason could be is it's not, you know, Spanish was not your first language. Maths is, a, mm. as you know, is a universal language with which its own um, equations and theories. And yeah, that's good. Did you, um, and physics too, it's the same with physics. You know, you're dealing with factual things. You're not de- dealing with interpretations of what's happened, and that's what you deal with in a lot of other things at university. How about your family? Yeah. Any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I, we were 11. 11, yes. Yeah, so big families, and from the 11, we survived six until we were into uh, adult age, I will say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, from from the six, we are five alive. Right. They are all back home. I'm the only. I'm the black sheep. You're the black I'm sheep. And <laughs> are your mother and father still alive? No. no. Unfortunately, my father passed away in 2019, mm-hmm. and my also my brother, mm-hmm. one of my siblings, right, and my mum. Passed away eleven months ago. Eleven months ago, right? What type mm. of parents were they? Uh, amazing. Um, it was very difficult for them, I would say so, because my mom grew up um, getting used to be mistreated. Yeah. Yes. By Chilean people or you know other people, so and the society and the news and it, everything, you know, so. It was a very, she had a very difficult life because my grandma from my mom's side passed away very young mm-hmm. and and they were dispossessed of the land as I already explained to you. So she has to go and work for a rich family as a, as a you look after children. Yes. My mom was 13 years old when she was sent to a rich family to look after the children. Mm-hmm. She was a child looking yes. after children. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so she had a very difficult life, and until she met my father, and from there, yeah, they, I think that was the only time she started loving being who she was, you know, an indigenous woman, and started getting proud of herself. But uh, after so many ups and downs, you know, as an indigenous person, she was so poor that she couldn't get into alcohol or drugs or anything like that right. because she didn't have the means to do it but I'm sure with all the difficulties she had in life yeah it was hard so she tried to give us as much as she could she never finished school my mom I think she finished what you consider here in Australia um, year in primary school second year mm-hmm. and yeah, a very smart, loving person, but always scared. You see, she had that thing that every time we wanted to do something, she was always scared that police would come and do this to us. You know, so a, she didn't live that happy life. 
and yeah, traumatized by the history, the past, and all that. Mm. And you said, but yeah, I think they did an amazing job with all of us. They tried to, especially my dad, with the girls because we are brothers and sisters. And my dad always, you know, I always remember that he used to be a little bit abusive with my mom when they were young. Mm-hmm. I don't remember this, but this is what my eldest siblings, because I'm one of the youngest. Yes. They used to talk about my dad's behavior. And until something happened to him and he changed, and I'm not I'm not sure why, but he, he became a loving person and he started pushing for all of us. That's when I remember mm-hmm. he was always convincing me to study. You need to study. And I was like, no, why? We can work here in the line and do this. No, because life is difficult for indigenous, especially uh, women. And, you know, you are an indigenous, more difficult. And, yeah, so he tried to encourage all us, the females, to study, have education, so we can defend ourselves and go back to the land and protect our mm-hmm. families. So it's, um, I think he's, um, he did a good job. What what were their names? I think it's important that we we oh, acknowledge mom, who they were. My dad, yeah. Carlos, Carlos Salinas, mm-hmm. and my mum, Senaida, Senaida Caicheo. And and your brother who recently died. What was his name? Javier. Right. Javier. Mm. So, it's a big decision for a young. How old were you when you came to Australia? Nearly twenty-three. Twenty-three. So that was nineteen seventy-four. No, not 74, 90. Okay, see, maths, I told you. <laughs> not that far. <laughs> yeah, 94. Yeah. So what were the reasons that compelled you to leave everything behind? Oh, because, you know, in, during my time that was growing up inside the dictatorship, mm. you had two options, yeah? To put your head like an ostrich under the soil and pretend nothing is happening around you, or you have to be part of it, you know, so or supporting the dictator or against the dictator. And I don't know why, but in those days I was a very uh, disinformed person because I come from a, a, a small island, yeah, in Chile, yes. so very far from everyone and everywhere. So the news we used to receive wasn't really about what, what was really happening, yeah? Right. And so, yeah, I don't know why, but I, I met people and I started to understand a little bit more, plus my dad education, I started to understand that things were not working well, that it was unfair, that some relatives were disappeared and why they disappeared. And, you know, you start learning and trying to understand what was the reality in the country by them and why constantly when I uh, moved to study, you know, uh, I had to leave my island, go to study in a bigger city. You start watching the news and you see that the news constantly talk about young people getting killed because they were protesting or, um, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And you start informing yourself. And I realized that what was happening to us and happened in the past to my family, it was happening to Chilean people and that there was a very horrible um, dictatorship that was taking people's liberties and freedoms away, you know? So, And, yeah, you start reading, getting informed, building a conscience 
and start looking outside your own personal life. And I decided that I wanted to do more, not just for me and my community. Right. So mm-hmm. did that and did that entail activities against the state? Did it? <laughs> Something like that. And, uh, uh, do, do, do you want? Are you willing to discuss the direction you took? No. <laughs> no, that's fine. But so, so basically, you found yourself in a situation that if you didn't leave, you may have been arrested. No, definitely no. Be longer, Allah. Uh, uh. Probably one, one more in at least. Yeah. What you just Another left one name. morning? You just made that decision. Did you have some warning? Did people say, look, you need to leave? Oh, there were. There were a lot of people around us. And mm. there, there was the time because, yeah, a, a lot of friends, they were killed. And, yeah, there was a time. It was that the time, so you had to flee. So where did you go initially? We, <laughs> we don't really need to too much detail because, of, you know, no, no, in, just just tell us what you want to in, tell us. In Australia, you know. Mm. Uh, so you came in, directly to Australia. When I go back to, when I go back to visit Chile, mm. <laughs> they, they always record things, you know. They yes, yes. So, yeah, so, yeah we, we went out of Chile to Latin America. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Latin America from there, wherever you could be, leave. It wasn't just me, yeah, there were a lot of other people. Right. Uh, a lot of other Chileans. And from there, with the assistance of uh, organizations, humanitarian organizations, some people went to different parts of Europe. Um, France, you know, was my case. And after here. So you went initially to France. How long did you stay in France? No long. Not long. Like a year and a half. That's a long time, a year and a half. Oh, no. In a lifetime of 90 years, that's a long time. Mm. Where in France did you stay? Paris. 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 Where else? But I assume no, you didn't. Yes, you, you didn't stay yes, in the in the more expensive parts. I assume. Oh, lucky me that um, you know, there were there were a lot of people uh, in there in mm. very, soli- I said in solidarity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, w- it was a big, um, well, not big, but the little community that was there. Mm. They were very generous and supportive and. Yeah, they welcomed a lot of people, and it wasn't just me, yeah? Right. So there, there was a totally different um, human connection yeah. by them. Yeah. Different mentality. And different mentality. You know, people open their homes for mm. you, and everything they had, it was yours, basically. You know, it was a, an amazing way to meet people and to continue doing what you saw. And you still think it's the right thing to do to mm. announce all those governments who, you know, violate human rights and take people's freedom. That's what I still do until today. Mm. And we'll get we'll, we'll come to that. Are you a 3CR subscriber? We really need our listeners to subscribe to the station. It helps us remain financially independent and is an important part of our community governance. It's just $40 concession. $80 waged, $150 for a band or organization, and $300 solidarity. Become a 3CR subscriber today. 3CR Radical Radio.
You're listening to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Um, did you... Why didn't you stay in France? Difficult. Difficult because you needed to... It's more difficult, believe me. It was a difficult situation there. Right. A lot right. of racism, but difficult. A beautiful country, amazing. Mm. But... Mm, so, was, so why 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 make an application to come to Australia as a political? No, I didn't. I didn't. No. I didn't apply. I was lucky. You didn't apply. You just turned up at the airport. No, no, no. <laughs> we, that's what I mentioned before. There were some humanitarian ways mm. where you you know people who were escaping, you know, the dictatorship, or so people could um, apply for that. Right. In those days, it wasn't like today, you know, the no. way they treat mm. refugees, asylum seekers. That mm. is, is, is disgusting the way they treat people during these days. Yeah. By then, did I'm you? Not you, you must have. You, you must have arrived um, just before the Howard government was elected. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, just at the end of the Keating led Labor yeah, Party, just exactly. at the end. Yeah. That's correct, yeah. So, so when you when you came to Australia, where did you um, end up at? Uh, it was Melbourne, actually. Uh, Melbourne. But I, it, the first one was Sydney. Sydney. Yep. Mm-hmm. To be honest, Sydney. Too humid. <laughs> <laughs> too humid, too busy. <laughs> like crazy people. Thought... Whoa. Um, yeah. Second, Melbourne, but not as a permanent. And yeah, and after I went to visit, you know, I was lucky, went to visit Canberra, Adelaide, I went to Brisbane, ooh, that was hot, that was for me, because yes. I come from a very cold place. That's right. In the south, and I, I couldn't breathe, that was for me, <laughs> I would die here, so I couldn't <laughs> stay in Queensland. Uh-huh. So, and yeah, so I did some traveling around, looking for a place where, uh, you know, uh, I could leave, basically, mm-hmm. with dealing with the weather. The and weather seems to be very important to you. Oh, believe me, um, <laughs> unfortunately, humidity, you see for some people when they have heart arthritis or things like that, yeah. it's good for people, but I cannot breathe with the humidity, and mm. it, it totally takes myself away. Uh, um, I mm. What's the point to live in a place where you are not going to be able to move? You want to be <laughs> right. in front of the the cooler twenty four seven. I think I think I think people think of uh, Chilean as a tropical country, but how far away from the Antarctic no. was your little island? Yeah, it's, a, it's in the it's in, if you look, it's Chiloé, mm-hmm. so it's in the Atlantic Ocean in one side, and yep. you have the Pacific in the other one. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a pretty cold. We have our summer wasn't more than twenty five days a year. Yeah. If you drew if you drew a straight line across from your little island to Melbourne, to Tasmania, you get it's Tasmania. Tasmania. Well, there you are. You found your home. Same climate. Yeah. Yeah. Same climate. And occasionally the the nice Antarctic uh, cold, which arrived just before mm. spring today. Eh? We like yeah, that. Yeah, I went to Tasmania <laughs> nearly four weeks ago for the first time mm. since I came to Australia. Yeah. And soon as I get, I got. In Hobart, mm-hmm. get out of the aeroplane, I could smell my home. Mm. The good, 
smell, the the ocean, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, this is home. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, people forget, you know, there's that line, it's just across, it's, it's, it's a... It's fascinating. It's fascinating about the air. You're right about Tasmania. It's it's different. It's different in many ways. So, how did you survive going from city to city? Am I allowed to ask? What type of work did you do? In those days, cleaning. We were, cleaning. I used to clean in Melbourne. We used to clean the trams. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, it was uh, my... So you weren't involved in the big tram strike. Now, that was after you came. That was before yeah, you came. Yeah, we were the one. Oh, you were involved in the big tram strike, were you? 3 a.m., you know, we start working and finishing at 5 a.m. Uh-huh. So when the tram stops, we come and just two hours, we have to clean so many trams, have them ready by 5 a.m. so people can use them again and again. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. a long time, but that that was the only job because I didn't have no English at all. Right. Uh, I came with zero English. Mm-hmm. And we were a lot of Latinos doing that. Yes. Ah, uh, you always need a group to do the hard work. You know that. Yeah. That's the way that's the way the capitalist economy works, you know? <laughs> the latest wave of immigrants do the hardest work. Um, so yeah. farms, toilets, offices, whatever. Whatever. Uh, and obviously they paid you huge amounts of money. Yeah, that was that was the best part. <laughs> we were employed by a trillion people who had those jobs, yes, we were paid, getting paid so little, yeah. but we didn't know until no. after we realized it. Yeah, yeah it's always if you look at Im- immigration history in Australia, it's it's fascinating. Sometimes the people who exploit you the most are your own people. It's just fascinating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's after when you learn a little bit more, you are like, oh my goodness, he was paying me. <laughs> Nearly 30% of what they're supposed to get paid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's very sad. A lot of people take on, you know, they, they change completely when they immigrate. They they become aspirational, you know. Uh, they they call it in Chile emprendedores. What, is, what, what does that mean? Emprendedor means, you know, that you want to have your own business, you want to be your own boss. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> the entrepreneur. During that yes. process, you, you know, exploit everyone around you. You forget about family. Yes. about what is the right thing or wrong, you know, mm. this mm. business. Now, from a, from a young woman who couldn't speak any English, cleaning trams and toilets, how did you get to university? What happened? Well, I got married. Ooh. You got married. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask yeah. you. I'm going to ask that you. That was on a step forward, yeah. <laughs> what, year, what year did you get married? It was um, the same year that I came here. Same year? Oh, that's quick. Yeah. Now, look, yeah. I, Marisol, I don't know if I should ask you this. Are you still married to the same man? Yeah, same person. Oh, that's good, good. I, it's a funny thing, this, because I do no research on the people I chat because I think it's you get a more spontaneous conversation. So sometimes no, you say, oh, how about your husband? And they say, that bastard. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, we don't get that from you. All right, that's good. So you've been married to the yeah. same man for how long? Oh, how many? The same years I've been here. Ah, and how did you meet? Is this a love well, story? I met him before. No, I met him before. He's a, he's um, he was one of my, you know, in those days when you were young, mm-hmm. one of my heroes. Ah, the ones were supporting our people and struggles by them. Mm-hmm. 
and I was the lucky one, but um, yeah, mm. to end up with him. Mm. Did you did you and, es- did you escape with him from Chile or? No, no, no. He 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 came while before me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he. Well, it sounds, it sounds like it sounds like a wonderful love story. Oh, look! Believe me, I think um, really love totally changed during the years. It became more. I, I don't know because we are so. We see we see the future. We see life in the, the same way. You see mm-hmm. that? Yes, it makes it, it does help, doesn't it? It's, it yeah, it's, we we support each other. We mm. fight. We have the same fights. We. Mm are part of the same campaigns and, you know, we no, no problem at all in that regard. Mm, mm. We, of course, different personalities to different people, different personalities. We have children, and from there you start seeing that we want to educate them, but there is a difference between, because he's not indigenous, mm-hmm. so there is a few difference that sometimes puts some So what language do you speak? What language? It's Spanish. You speak he's, Spanish he's, at he's home? <laughs> <laughs> so did you have the, did you, how many children have you got? Three. Three. So did you have the usual arguments? What language are they going to speak? Oh, that was when they were little. When they were little, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's English, there was force for them to learn English, eh? Yeah. But the problem was uh, or Spanish or Mapudungun. Mm-hmm. And, and do they have they kept up their traditional languages or are they... Uh, not really. Not really. Yeah, it's a story, no, isn't it? They, they can they can understand mm. all, all what you speak, and mm. two of them can speak. I would say with very strong accent. But um, mm. no, I think um, we have to make a difficult choice because I think we were bad parents because we had <laughs> all a, all activists are bad parents. <laughs> uh, look, I, yeah, I admit but, that myself. All activists. Yeah, are, because... so we have to. They were doing bad in at school in English because mm. we were putting too much pressure for them to be more, you know, Spanish and all that. Yeah. And they were having, also because my English, it was really bad and they were learning my English, you know, so mm-hmm. they were also not doing very well and we have to make the decision that we didn't have the time so they needed to learn English first and yes. for them to, to, to fit here in this society. Mm. And, after that, we will keep pushing for our languages, you know, that mm-hmm. the most important part was for us to teach them values and, you right. know, culture and be respectful, you know, things like that, basic things more than to focus in the language. Mm-hmm. Now, getting back to yours, what, now, just, what's your husband's name? So we congratulate this, this lad for staying with you for so long. What was the question? What's your husband's name? Luis. He likes to call Lucho. 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 That's good. All right. And what type of work does Lucho do? I know I shouldn't ask you, but why not? But he, since he, bueno, back home, he was a doctor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, very political, so he yes. couldn't work as a doctor mm-hmm. for the same reason. But here, in since he came to Australia, painter. So painter. he painted houses. Right. So he yeah. painted houses. Mm-hmm. And, but lately, you know, he finished his 
Um, I for, I always forget. I always say PhD, but he always correct me. He's not here to correct me now. Did he but do? He did finish, he finish um, Melbourne Uni? Did he do? A, did he do, a, do? Did he do a doctorate or a? No, the one before the doctorate. A master's. A master's. He yes. finished his master's just this year at Melbourne Uni. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, so, but I still do painting. <laughs> oh well, we've all got to earn a living. We've all got to earn a living, especially if you've got children. Now and so, how did you improve your English? Did you go to English classes or? Who mm, me or? Yeah, you, no, you, no, you. No, no. I just uh, started. I decided one day that I needed to learn the language. Right. Also, my problem with English was that English for me was the language of the enemy, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to learn English. So, um, yeah, it was. Difficult, difficult time there. Mm. And when I decided that it was important, I put papers all around the flat where we used to live. Mm-hmm. Name, everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything around me, I put an English name. So I start every day, you know, like, all right, that's how you said curtain. Oh, this is the ceiling, no sky. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that to, to make sense, the difference. Mm-hmm. And watching TV, I couldn't understand nothing. Well, maybe you were lucky that you, you you could have been lucky that you couldn't understand days of our lives, <laughs> <laughs> the bold and the beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so that's how, and through music also, I start recording some music that mm. I thought it sounds really lovely and listening them, you know, and repeating and learning. The, yeah, it's a, it was a mix of things that I did. Mm-hmm. So you're self-taught. Learn the language. Self-taught. Yeah, that's basically, yeah. Yeah, and so how did you get to university? What happened? Well, because I had already university, I'm finished, but uh, university studies from Chile. Mm-hmm. I asked for the documents, you know, to be sent to me, and after well, it took a month, a few months, but when I received them, I translated them into English here, mm-hmm. and I applied to university, La Trobe. That's right, University, yeah. mm-hmm. and they did recognize some of uh, from three years of university in Chile. Mm-hmm. I got into second year here of a computer software engineer. Well, look, your maths has stood you in good stead, hasn't it? I mean, I can't even yeah, pronounce. Yeah, but not, not really. Not, not what do you really mean? Well, not really. Why? No, because I learned English. So I was really good. I could communicate with people, mm. but I didn't learn English, physics English. I no. didn't learn love English. You know about the electronic part. Yes, yes. So when when I went into those subjects, you know physics, math, and love, mm-hmm. I was in another world. I couldn't understand. I was like, what the hell? Is the teacher is talking about. I I could do the practical. You know, because I learned how the hard drive and how mm. to upgrade computers yeah. and all that. But uh, when he was talking and asking me to do things, I didn't know what he was asking. Mm. If he showed me, I knew what to do. But it wasn't enough for me to remain in that course. So what I did, it took me nearly all my mental health to finish my first year. Mm. So that was the second, but the, my first year at uni here in Australia, just to finish to remain at uni. But I couldn't continue with that degree because um, I, I wasn't prepared. My English wasn't good enough to, to be in that degree. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and what, what, what did I you didn't tra- have money mm. to study English because yeah. you needed to pay That's right, to get yeah. to that special learning. So mm. I didn't have money to. So did you, um, what course did you transfer to? Hello, hello, hello. I think we've lost our connection, Kelly. I think a phone has died. I will um, keep talking and I'll get you to... Yeah, all right, here we go. Look, this is live radio. This is what happens. We're on the phone. It's live radio. We will connect. Why do we dream at night and why did the matchstick light? Why does the ocean meet the sun when the day is over and just begun? And why did the dodos die? Why can I look you in the eye? All I need to know is all I'm trying to find. Do you love me like I love you? Love me like I love you. White snow fall. Why is the hard rain drop? Why do we talk about the birds and bees when one's in the flowers and one's in the trees? Oh, why will I never learn? Why must my true love burn? All I need to know is all I'm trying to find. Do you love me like I love you? Love me like I love you. Love me like I love you. Marisol, have we got you back? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Ah, look, as you know, this is 3CR. It's a volunteer station. We do what we can with what we've got. You know, we just well, need... I was, talking, I was talking too much, so the, <laughs> the audio was like, oh, please tell her to stop. Ah, look, yeah. the world's greatest producer, Kelly Whitworth, has resolved all our issues. Now, let, we'll go forward a bit because we're running out of time. We've only got about 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, I know. When did we, you know, about. I could talk to you for hours, you know. So... <laughs> When did you um, come to 3CR? In, I think the first year that I came to 3CR, it was in 1995, if I don't mistake. So, so why did you come here? Oof, because there was a program there uh, in those days, uh, I forgot the name, mm-hmm. um, that it was, now it's called Mafalda, but in those days it has a different name. Mm-hmm. And the Chilean ladies were looking for people or women who wanted to be part of the show. And as an indigenous, they invite me to so I could have an article for five minutes right. in the show. Mm-hmm. That's how I, I, I got enrolled. I did the course with no English at all, so I remember that I met Pierre Moro. Ah, Pierre, Pierre, Pierre yeah. is an ornament. He is yeah. He um, is a light at 3CR, although we don't exactly. see him anymore. He did a lot of work here. Pierre. Yeah, so he allowed me to come with an interpreter yes. <laughs> to the training when I did the, yes. did the training. So And that's how I learned how to do the show. And because the program was going to be in Spanish, it, it wasn't a problem at all that I didn't 
speak any English mm. by them. Mm. Yeah, and after, you know, life um, between Chileans and indigenous, there is always issues. Right. <laughs> that reminds us of uh, 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 Australians and First Nations in Australia. Yeah, yeah. so we end up splitting, mm. and that's when the opportunity to have a program on Thursday, and I start doing the show with Pilar Aguilera mm-hmm. and Pilar's sister, Andrea, and myself. And after life made them busy, so they decide to do something else. But right. yeah, that's how it happened. Right. It was like that. And you've been here ever since? Oh, yeah. 22 years. <laughs> Every Thursday, except yeah. when I um, I get Now that I'm getting old, I'm... Getting sick more. Uh, excuse me, you're not old. You were born in seventy one. Yeah, but indigenous, indigenous, we don't live that long. You see, our life. Um, no, 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 no. That's 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 that's, that's 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 not the right attitude. All right, you're going to live to a hundred. That's the way you're going to think. I've decided <laughs> I'm li- I, I've decided I'm living to a hundred and two. Although I take six tablets <laughs> to keep alive, so um, you just decide. It doesn't matter. Yeah. When you've gone back to Chile. So the last time you went back... Um, in 2018. How did you find it? <sighs> Look, I didn't stay much in the, mm. in the capital city. Mm. I went, you know, just because mm. you have to get there. Mm. So you immediately get a bus or travel to the south, you know, eight hours, 12 hours more to mm. get to where you come from. Yep. Oh, my island so different, you know. There, there has been... There is a mall... I couldn't believe it. The first thing when I walked into the island, I said, a mall. A mall. Did you have a McDonald's a in the mall? A shopping center. I was like, what? Did you have a McDonald's in the mall? Inside the mall, McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And one of the main church yes. that used to be the icon, you know, for the beginning the, in the island, mm-hmm. pink, the color. They painted pink as a way to attract tourists. Right. You know, things like that, that I was like, what is this? But the rest, the people, the ocean, the smell, the sea lions who normally come to welcome you when you are getting into the island, is still the same. Oh, amazing. That's, that's wonderful. That's good. Still amazing. The smell, believe me, I love the smell. It's, um, yeah, so it's, it, it was nice to see. A lot of my family, but also sad that a lot of uncles and aunties and close friends of our family, they were already gone, you know, yes. things like that. Yeah, yeah. It can be, it can, it's bittersweet. It's uh, exciting, mm. but very sad as people That's age. Correct. Now, are you involved in the 11th of September? Definitely, yes. So, so, so give us, can you invite all our listeners to, 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 the, to the activities, especially on the yes. 11th? All right, look, just to explain first why it's so important to remember what happened in Chile in 1973. So we are talking about 50 years ago when we had the most amazing government elected by all the Chilean people and non-Chilean, you know, Presidente or President Salvador Allende. And we had the military, United States and the right-wing rich people together the orchestra a coup d'etat. From that moment, you know, a lot of Chileans, indigenous people, and also foreign people who were at the moment in Chile, they got, they disappeared, they got killed, tortured, jailed, 
an exile. So there is a lot of injustice because most of the people responsible, including the dictator who passed away happily in his house, country house, you know, supposed mm. to be in home detention, but he was happily in a property with more than 50 hectares, you know. Mm. If you can call that jail, wow. Uh, house arrest. So, now, we've got two yeah. minutes. Tell us about the, festivi- right. the so, festivities we can join on, the, on this 11th. The, most imp- the important ones, I'm going to talk about the 11th itself. So 9.30 a.m., you can come and with Trace Hall. It's, this is 54 Ligon Street in Carlton. So you can come at 9.30. Trace Hall is going to... I forgot the word in English. They are going to put the flags, you know, the Mapuche, Indigenous yeah, flags, yeah. mm-hmm. and the Chilean halfway as a respect Half mass, for yep. all the disappears. Yes, mm-hmm. mass. At 2.30 p.m., we are going to have the opening or the launch for the photo mural exhibition. It's going to be in the Victoria Street entry, Trace Hall Council. It's going to be there for a week mm-hmm. for people to come and see. And after at 6 the call is 6, but it's starting at 6.30 p.m. is for the main commemoration event where we are going to have some speakers. We are going to have some uh, Chilean musicians. So we are going to remember uh, all of those that we lost, you know, the lives of all those ones who struggle uh, for a better world, compañeros y compañeras who are no longer with us. And also we are going to talk about what happened during all this year and what is happening in Chile at the moment, and why it's so important, you know, um, for, for people to inform themselves and to come support us in this commemoration activity. We are organizing this with the AMWU, that is the Metallurgic Union. Mm-hmm. They are here in Carlton also, in Queensbury Street. So they are our main uh, organizer, supporter with all of us. So, yeah, come, please, on the 11th of September, 6th. Victoria right. you, ju- yep. you just turn up. You don't have to ask anybody. You just turn up. Thank you, Mar- Marisol. No problem. It's a pleasure speaking to you, and it's I expect I expect that you will top the the amount of years I've been here because obviously you're going to live to a hundred. You've been here over <laughs> twenty five years. I've been here forty seven years, so I expect you'll be here fifty years. All the best to you, your children your husband, your family, and all those people who were sacrificed on the altar of Mammon. All the very best. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. You seem to believe in this superstition Where pieces of puzzle Placed into the rubble Put right where we're all Some other direction Reaching heaven or hell Or back into the well Of wonderful oblivion Of wonderful oblivion
A democratically elected government was overthrown with the help of the United States. There are many Chileans in Australia who suffered torture, imprisonment, and whose family members have been disappeared. We can't move forward as a society without healing these past crimes. The Chilean community, in partnership with the AMW... You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.